welcome to a special episode of the Heavy Matter Podcast. Myself, Joey here, joined by Benny, as always. Benny, are you all right, mate? I'm very good. I burnt my mouth on the spicy bean burger tonight, so I'm soldiering on uh, oh. in 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 agony. Yeah, no one really cares, mate. Oh. You can, I can still hear you, so it doesn't matter. Your pain's irrelevant. Anyway, we are joined tonight on a special episode. We are joined by Kim, the lead singer from the Danish band Moll. And we're delighted to have him here. Thank you so much, uh, Kim, for joining us. On You've just got back from work. You've had a hard day, so it's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So your new album is out on the 5th of November? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's actually uh, a yeah, month away, isn't soon. it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Diorama. It's the second album uh, from you guys. We reviewed it on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, but oh, I have. you have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, we hope you All enjoyed right. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Um, well, then it's no surprise that um, myself and Benny thought it was a brilliant album. And we were both huge fans of Yord when it first came out. Um, in the review, we mentioned that it was one of those albums which sort of just stood out amongst the rest. In, and 2018 was a great year for music being released. So mm-hmm. we were really excited and apprehensive of this. So now the album's done, mixed, mastered, vinyls being pressed, etc., etc. Can you now relax knowing it's done? Or are you thinking of the tour, the future set list, the next album. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I, I think um, uh, talking to you guys, it kind of, uh, and, and uh, among other interviews, it kind of puts uh, the the my thought of how uh, you know we can't do anything more to the album by now. Uh, it's on how you receive it on your end. Uh, that is. Uh, you know that that's up to you i really like uh how that gives you a sense of uh, relief but in some ways you know we have to still have to perform this live uh in front of an audience we have tr- tried out uh some of the songs already uh but not all of them um so there's definitely be going going to be some um uh, some live editions uh, going there because we do have a lot of things going on in in those tracks, um, especially the ones where, that we did have features on, um, namely uh, Photophobic and uh, Diorama. And when you listen back to the album now, I mean, ha- have you listened back to the album since it's been completed? Because some bands just don't. I do, but... Uh, I sometimes tend to listen to a revised version of it, so the purely the instrumental side uh, to you know rehearse it. Um, but um, I think, yeah, we we don't like leave. I, I don't think we leave the the album uh, as such. We do when we get test pressings and stuff like that. We do like to nitpick. I have a drummer that's really a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist myself, but that's more on the uh, I think the the lyrical concepts and uh, the uh, the artwork and stuff like that. Uh, but um, but I know our our drummer he's uh, he's our uh, mix guru. And uh, my 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 sort of point of that question was when either yourself or all of you in the room listening to the the mastered version, 
do you sort of go, oh, I wish we could have done something here instead of that? Or do you... I have members in the band that are like that. We should yeah. really have done something else, like second guessing stuff. But, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, we do leave it uh, at, at that. It, it it gets to grow on you, and that's the same thing. I think I feel a lot of touring bands they they have a feel of their album first when they get out and go on tour with it. Uh, so I'm yet to discover how the album will feel as a whole. I'm just, but one of the things that I'm really excited about, I think you do did mention that in in the uh, the podcast was actually uh, you know it, it we have looked very much forward to put this together in a set list uh, with the songs from 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 your uh, I think. I don't think we can ever have a set with, list without Bruma in it, but um, but at the same time, there's just way more things that we can try out in a live setting. Uh, we've had a couple of of different tracks open us, but I really like that we have, you know, expanded how how you can put together a set list. And I am myself really a big fan of emotional narratives, both through an album. But also through a concert. Um, I don't know. Have any of you guys seen us live? I've seen you. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Art so, Tangent. Yeah. Yeah. Re- amazing festival. Yeah. Re- amazing. Really do love Art Tangent. <laughs> like, uh, uh, do I remember right? Do, were you doing a guest vocal? Yeah. Another. Who was that? I was trying to think of it the other day and I couldn't remember. You know, uh, or if I put you on the spot, <laughs> it's, Brady, it's Brady Debros from uh, Conjure. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. It. that oh, was nice. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really, I, I, I did him a disservice in some way. I, I wrote him, I think, two days before. Could you do, <laughs> could you do feature? <laughs> uh, and he would be like, yeah, yeah, sure. So he rushed from from their stage while they were after they were performing, just rushed over to. See if he could grab the guest, but I'm happy that he did and he made it. Um, you know, that was one of the things that we really did enjoy about the Holy Roll family, um, uh, as it were. Like, uh, I just we we have so many good friends uh, still uh, from from the roster. Um, namely, we're looking forward to go on tour with Ithaca in uh, oh cool in the upcoming uh, in Fe- in February. So uh, somehow, you know, uh, friendship never dies, I think, uh, or at least uh, collaborative efforts. You know, it's, you know, I think the metal scene is it's not such a big of a world after all, um, especially when you go to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, without um, wanting to go into too much of the unpleasant side of things, um, yeah with Holy War. Yeah. It it was clearly an amazing roster, like you said. That mm. it was it was so diverse and sometimes you get labels and all the bands sound yeah. exactly the same. They're all kind of death metal bands or what have you. Mm-hmm. Whereas Holy War did have this really common thread, but every band sounded distinct and their own entity. Yeah. And it was it was brilliant. Clearly it ended in in slightly unfortunate circumstances but it's great to hear you keep in touch with the other bands what's the transition been like going on to uh, nuclear bars for this uh, record well i think for some well uh, holy raw did have the uh, 
the option for the second album. So we we did plan for them to receive the album at, at that at that point, but um, I think we just found ourselves in a pretty uh, fortunate situation after all, because we knew that a lot of labels were looking our way and uh, were really uh, keen on meeting us when we were on tour. We met a lot of people from uh, Central Media and, and such, and you know a, a lot of of great. Uh, um you know people who just popped in and said like hi hello we were keeping an eye on you uh <laughs> so um that that's been pretty pretty great we so our uh our manager um Mesa, uh, who's on a, a prime collective uh, he's he's the guy who who does most of our management um he uh he and we just have a great collaboration with him. So he managed to pit a lot of labels out against each other. Uh, so we actually ended up, uh, I think we had, I think we had 15 deals on the table. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. 12 or 15. And we ended up going with, you know, the one that we felt more it would um, fit us the best and uh, fit our, our needs in some way. Um, I I think that we at that point were uh, ready to take the next step um, in that regard, but we do have a lot of great advisors as well. So it can be kind of it can be kind of uh, I think st- sometimes somehow it still kind of is kind of an nerving uh, thinking about how huge that label is and how many great acts they actually do have. Um, but we've just been really lucky, I guess, uh, to have been working with a great team that we, we do have at, at, uh, at Nuclear Blast at the moment. Um, we have, uh, I think we have Nathan Barley as our uh, A&R. Um, no, I don't think, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, among others, other great people. So it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it feels like a natural extension for us. Like that's actually mind blowing. When you when you were building up to say, oh, we had so many labels after us. I thought you were going to say like two or three, but fifteen, like twelve to fifteen. In this yeah, day, I can't, age, I can't remember exactly, but we did just get a whole lot of offers, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that was kind of crazy. That's one of the reasons why you need to have a businessman on your team uh, and not just musicians. Um, we, uh, my, yeah. I think all of our minds were kind of, you know, slightly on edge. We we're all slightly on edge following the the email correspondences. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's one of the reasons why we're really great, uh, grateful for, for the collaboration we do have with our manager. I mean, yeah, because a lot of bands, especially in the metal genre, you know, that it's the the scene is absolutely flooded with you know local bands trying to get. Uh, just a record deal and here's mm-hmm. i don't mean this to sound disrespectful but here's a band from a small country like denmark yep. who on their before even recording their second album are being offered 15 deals like and you mentioned luck there and there's a couple of interviews we've had with bands and they've mentioned luck before but i think it's a disservice to a lot of bands because from from the outside looking in like myself you guys have worked your absolute asses off i mean yep. 
well, they actually got to hear, I think all of them, uh, or at least most of them actually got to hear some of the, the album. It was, it was ready at that point. Oh, okay. Um, right. Uh, or we, at least we had demos, uh, just before we hit the studio. Uh, so I think we, yeah, we sat on the news for quite a, quite a long time. Um, so how, like, you're very modest here, but like, it must have been quite a mind-blowing experience for off the, sorry, so you had the second album recorded, but off the back of Yord to then have all of these bands, like, what was your, what was your feeling as a band? Like, I think it was, it, it's kind of hard to tell because, you know, that period with the, you know, the, uh, the uh, implosion of Holy Raw and the pandemic going on there was so much uncertainty going on uh we were like you know that i i have hidden a, a meme of this i think you see a cat typing away right it says writing my album while the the whole world is blowing up yeah just finishing that stuff it's you know it, that was kind of how we felt yeah business as usual let's go on um you know you have to keep keep kind of focused and as a group not be too despaired about the situation uh i i like writing music but i i would any day prefer playing live over over writing i know how luckily I'm on a team that really likes writing music, so it's a good collaboration, a collaborative effort. But I live and breathe for live music. Uh, I can't wait to get on tour and just uh, swim in people. Uh, <laughs> that, and there were, there was, a, I think there, there were a couple of. Of months there, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell my grandkids." I used to stage dive at one point, uh, <laughs> and uh, that would be something of the past, um, and not something that I could look look forward to. But happily, we we had our first uh, headliner show here in uh, in Aarhus. No, not in Aarhus, in Copenhagen, a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago, and it was absolutely. It was like spring in autumn. Uh, <laughs> Lovely analogy. I think that's the that's the best description of it. It was just so so great to actually be gathered in front of an audience of plus eight hundred people. Um, and was that the first time you played live since the pandemic? No, nah, we we did a couple of sit down shows as well, right? Uh, and a streaming concert, but you know nothing beats stepping up, stepping on people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, the new album then, um, for me, and I, I called this out on the, on the review, it feels to me when you put it next to yours, it feels like a, a much brighter album in a way. Um, when I listen to it, I, I see bright colors visually yeah. and, you know, from the, the opening track is, is the, the mole template, if the inverted commas, um, and then the closing track, which Benny and I absolutely love the arse off was very uplifting it's my favorite it, as well yeah and venny's going to come on to a fact a question later about the, the the vocals on there but is that the sense of the album is it more, sort of like a journey of sort of going through yeah. starting off dark and coming out the other side is that... you know i i think i did mention you know emotional narratives that that's the key i think 
we when we build track lists and when we when I build uh, at the lyrical concepts, I really like that you can feel some sense of progression, uh, that you can feel like a build of a point of no return at one point. You know, you can, it's almost you know, yeah, like a like a movie, or uh, or at least you can feel the the dynamic shifting. Um, that's one of the key things that I really do like about playing in this band uh, in comparison to a lot of other bands that I've played in. Um, I actually come from death metal and uh, hardcore. Um, and um, there's just this ethereal feel that I feel, uh, you know, connects to something deeper uh, with Nikolai's songwriting. And that's what one of the things that have driven me as a vocalist to kind of expand on on you know how do I express myself? Uh, uh, how do I complement the rest of the orchestration? I am an instrument on par with the other guys, not just something that you slap on top, but uh, something that has to be a part of a whole. So yeah, narratives. That's uh, I think that's a key thing, even though that you know might not understand all of the words you. You, your your mood has has to shift in some way listening to it it has to do something to you and and is it is this album for you lyrically more poignant than yord would you say mm, yeah in, in some ways like i went for different well lyrically i i did went go through different phases uh, I use i'm usually pretty much inspired by you know what's going on in my own life and 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 also a lot of m- movies <laughs> uh, as well. Uh, I think your um, your was uh, it means earth in in, in Danish, uh, and uh, the lyrics on that album was pretty pretty much a contemplation over uh, mortality and you know if we're just a blip. I actually at that point I went through a half a year where where I kind of fell from faith. So I used to be a, a, believe, a believer <laughs> um, and uh, that half a year actually, you know, just I was burned out uh, from work and stuff like that. So this writing this album was actually a, a part of that process. Um, but Diorama, I feel like it's a, it's a, the, the next extension of that. You know, when when meaning is absent, from your life in some sense how do you what do you end up with and in my opinion that you end up with people you end up we end up with each other uh, so this more on the on the instrumental side i think there's it's a more organic feel uh, i really like how to Masson has a way of bringing the sound of of the band themselves front and center uh, but we focused a lot more on texture and lushness and and things complementing each other and you know swirling from one song into the other uh, and you know with the with melodies as a strong guide throughout this journey. Um, I think that's the core focus. Uh, so this, in some ways, seems more organic or more alive in some sense. Uh, uh, there's a, a tactile feel um, to, um, I think, a lot of the guitar work 
there. Um, you, you do get to get a lot more nuances with this production in comparison to, to your, in some sense. Um, and I like that focus. Uh, we are a guitar-driven band. I, we've um, touched on it already, your favorite track, but the title track from this album is a phenomenal piece of work. It really is an incredible. Could you tell us a little bit more about that track, the recording of it, the female yeah. vocalist and um, everything else that went into it? It's a truly stunning piece. Um, that track actually... It's uh, Catherine Shepard from Sylvain, the band Sylvain. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, she was really kind to... Uh, we, we have we had been looking for a feature on that particular track because we did want a feature on it, uh, something to complement uh, the rest of the, the mix. Actually, uh, there's a lot of stuff that actually happened in studio. I was uh, I had a lot of placeholders with the vocal parts uh, for uh, either features or stuff that I wanted to record, but uh, I necessarily didn't feel as comfortable uh, doing myself. Uh, but uh, Tua actually talked me into, you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, and I was walking him through the process and I was like, yeah, so I want a feature for that. And he was like, no, you do it. Like, you can do it. You, you did the placeholder, you can do it right here. And and I was like, yeah, okay, let's, let's try it out. Uh, no harm in, in trying it out. Uh, I think when you're... Uh, I feel strong in my harsh vocals. I do. And I feel really much at home in it. But there's just an, uh, an awe, a nakedness in the... Yeah. It, it's so it's so freaking vulnerable uh, singing. I did do some backing parts on your, uh, But um, this is the first time I think that I've tried for myself, you know, exploring that, that part. And I know most of the band were like, holy shit, what's going on? Like, where's that voice? Where, where did that come from? And I was like, yeah, well, we're doing it. <laughs> um, so I know Nikolai, he was like, yeah, okay, well, that really opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, so I think it's a leap of faith. It, 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 it ended up being a leap of faith uh, and it becoming a duet of some sort in that, in that, uh, in that track. And um, for a long time, I actually uh, felt like Twisten, the track just before it, was the one that we had to end on. Um, it's uh, both of the tracks are in in Danish, and they they come kind of complement each other. It's like the storm and the co main conflict, and then we get the epilogue, and um, they're like really closely connected uh, thematically wise as well. Um, so. Uh, I really like the that dynamic from that the the first song or the second last song until the uh, diorama and uh, Catherine Shepard she kind of understood uh, I tried to you know keep try to incorporate her uh, her parts as as well as uh, as we could she got a lot of um, space to work with. Uh, so she did some choral parts as well um, and uh, it just ended up being I think it ended up being our uh, comforting sounds 
uh, our edition of Comforting Sound. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know the band New, but we're really, really, really uh, inspired by those guys. They're Danes as well. And uh, they have a song called Comforting Sounds. And it's no secret that we did, you know, this is one of one of the main inspirations for that track. Um, tell, tell us again that band. Mew. M-E-W. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I have to yeah. check them out. I don't know uh-huh. them. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, they're they're amazing. They have, yeah, they they have a an, a record uh, called uh, Fringers, and I think that's the common denominator of, between all of the members in the band. We're just really straight up fans of those guys. Um, Great, it's good to get a recommendation of stuff to uh, yeah. Oh to yeah, they're Comfort and Sounds, eight million streams. Okay, check check one out. We'll check that oh, yeah. out. Oh, yeah. That's our roots right there. <laughs> just a <laughs> yeah. shout out to Sylvain as well. Yeah. Uh, incredible band. If um, anyone's ever listened to them, are uh, I love they did a split with Unrequited Jury, um, which was just four track, but it was I loved that EP and um, the album from a few years ago was incredible as well. So uh, yeah, it's good. That's a great shout as well. It's just it's also kind of fun because you know she she sings in in Norwegian, uh, so you know you can hear her nuances uh, and her way of pronouncing the text that I did in Danish. Uh, so it's it's really a, a Nordic track in some way, and um, I've always been really really fun fond of uh, or at least taken to heart uh, doing a lot of stuff in in, in my native language. Uh, it's just it just feels more personal, um, and it's kind of cool to uh, obscure uh, obscure some of that stuff for the rest of the world. Um, keep something, you know. There might be a couple of millions who can recognize what's going on in the in the lyrics, uh, especially Danes. But I like uh, that kind of privacy in some sense. Do, do you find it weird when you come to the UK and you get hundreds of people screaming back these words that they have no idea? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, but I, I can imagine, you know, bands like Rammstein has the yeah. same, you know, experience. Um, and a lot of other bands, Nordic bands, who do uh, use their native tongue. It can, you know, might feel a bit exotic, at first hand, I was actually not going to do it. The guys were like, yeah, try try Danish out. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Because uh, I've had so many um, references to old punk bands uh, with really screamy vocals. But in with rasping and black metal screams, it just, you know, it, it kind of feels, it has the right amount of uh, feeling and desperation that I can connect with. I think in in that regard, you mentioned Rammstein, but I think the other most recent example would be Opeth's latest album, where they yes. sung in Swedish as well. And mm-hmm. I've listened to both them, and I think you're home percent right. When it's sung in the native tongue, it does seem to be more personal. Like I, I, I don't know what the hell they're saying, but I can. <laughs> I I I I at least feel that you know what we're trying to conjure at least in a live setting but also on on a record this is made for vinyl like really it is uh i really like how the textures just come to life when i've heard the test pressing on my on my player over there just it it 
it, it just fits the format really well. Um, but um, there's just something uh, odd uh, and familiar at the same time. Uh, the thing that we really like about, or at least I do like about Danish, uh, is it brings, you know, childhood memories and you know you have so much cultural identity coupled up with your 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 uh, your native language and uh i can imagine you can feel you can feel the same uh, way about english in some some ways uh but um it it just has a way of transporting you uh into a setting where you kind of you know i don't know relive but at least you you get to dive into those feelings in a, in a, on, a, on a on a level that's not just just isn't possible um, in at least how I feel it uh, as the one performing it. Uh, but that's also what we want to conjure with uh, when listening to the album. You have to be transported away from your reality or at least you know your daily troubles. That form of escapism that's just our goal. Um, it, it's funny because. I think I mentioned on the review that, that I was in a bit of a, a position where I just didn't want to, or I didn't feel like listening to any music. And and it's it's really odd because it's the first time I think for AIDS I've ever felt like that. And then when I listened to your album, I, exactly what you were saying, transported me away to somewhere else where I just sort of forgot all my, not troubles, but do you know what I mean? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just come back to Diorama then, the, the, the title track, not the album at the mm-hmm. moment. Is that going to be in the live setting, do you think? Is this something you'll look to do? Bearing in mind that obviously... We have rehearsed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously it would be... I think it would be coolest with a feature of yeah. some things because th- there's just too many layers there. Uh, I have... Uh, I actually do have a, like a voice module uh, that can do... Uh, multiple voices but but you know we're trying stuff out but but i think it might need a bit of rework in in to to work like properly or else it would be you know just cooler having catherine on when we end up um crossing our ways uh, crossing pathways uh, on tour that would be really special yeah yeah that'd be really special um yeah, and then we could actually, well, we did not perform this, you know, live together in, in, when recording it. I, well, I recorded stuff and she recorded stuff, and our producer just made it uh, fit tightly um, and complement each other. Uh, so I'm, I would be looking forward to that uh, when that ever happens. I, I think it would happen. That'd be. That'd be a treat, Benny, wouldn't it? If we happen to be very catch special, that. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like an arc tangent type of uh, thing. <laughs> could definitely be on the arc tangent bill for sure. I this, I don't mean to sound cliche because it probably is asked quite a lot, but I think especially on this album and for you guys, I I certainly hear, you know, we've already said your is a very brilliant album. But I feel like listening to Diorama, there's definitely a sense of maturity or um, growth as a band on Diorama. Is that is that a fair statement? Would you say that's fair? Mm, it, I think in some sense we did 
there is this kind of mat maturity, uh, but I think that would be for how we write things. Uh, we took ages. I think we took. The, I I wasn't in the band when they started working on on your, uh, like they took five years producing that stuff. Wow. Uh, so uh, I got I got in, uh, you know, with a clean slate at least for the the lyrics. So there was just a lot of tracks that we I think we had twelve tracks and tracks and we narrowed it down to eight. And we just like eight because that kind of at least the length just really fit really well with um, vinyl. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's at least I think this is more focused in some sense. You get uh, you get a lot of more um, I think a lot of more lushness and more flamboyant in some way uh, on, on on this album. You, we do try a lot of things out. Uh, because we just don't want to copy uh, what we, you know, exactly what we did on your. That was, I think, one of the main things that Nikolai focused on. Like, we're not going to do a your tool. We're going to do something else. Uh, and if we're going to do something else, we have to do it quickly. <laughs> um, so, um, but but I know that he has been vocal about this being like the normal or at least the natural uh, evolution of what we like our sound to be like, what we wanted to encompass, um, and at the same time more focused. So there's just, yeah, I I I know for a fact when I listen to uh, the vinyl, it it has more textures. There's more details in the guitar work than uh, was uh, evident on our. Uh, previous work you're really pushing the uh, vinyl sales aren't you on this uh, interview <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, <laughs> luckily this goes well on streaming as well you know we do make tracks that that uh, well not to say that we will never do like a half half hour song but I re one of the things that I like about Nikolai's uh, guitar work and how he structures songs is you just skip the parts uh, of build up and go straight to the point. That's what I like about, uh, you know, so we do play, play post rock punk stuff, whatever amalgam you want, you want to you know, tie into that, but, uh, but, but uh, it's just condensed. And I like that way of songwriting and it's pretty pop in some sense. Uh, but it works. Well, look, I, joking aside, like I, I collect vinyl, so um, I, I will be uh, purchasing that uh, at some point. So, Benny, do you wanna? I think the the next question probably leads on about your the evolution of the future. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a bit um, it's bad to ask this question because the new <laughs> album isn't even released yet. It's it's an incredible album. It. And that's kind of what we've come on to talk about. But just the last track, mm -hmm. uh, the, the title track, it does, like you say, open up so many avenues for Moll in the future. Um, do you have any inklings or have you had any discussions as a band of, of where you might take things on, on the next album? Or is it, is it all too early at the moment? 
You just need no, to let us well, out. We, I, 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 Nikolai just bounced a couple of demos my way. Um, wow. One of the last days because we're no we're, rest, no yeah, rest for the wicket. Yeah, we, we have we have started working on stuff um, slowly and quietly, uh, but um, but I do see some. I, I do see, see a silver lining in some ways uh, with some of the elements that we have introduced. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I've locked myself into into something specifically because, you know, I haven't sung or screamed anything yet. Uh, but um, I really like that we do have a greater toolbox to work with, uh, or at least I, that I do as a vocalist. Um, but yeah, I want to tour with this and see if I'm confident enough to, you know, be be singing my heart out and not and hitting the right chords <laughs> uh, or notes, um, uh, at least in a live setting. Um, you know, it's some you have all the time in the world in the studio, and it's just not the same when when going from really really harsh screams right to falsetto or something. Yeah. You know, I'm still kind of new at, at, at this, uh, but uh, uh, for anybody who ever dares to go that way, progression from screaming into more clean singing, uh, get, my best advice would be get a, a good uh, get a good teacher. I have one myself that I'm really thankful for. What do you prefer? live these days do you prefer i mean you've only done a few handful of shows of the new tracks obviously but do you prefer doing the newer tracks because they're new or do you prefer it because you're challenging yourself vocally more um see i actually really like a lot of the old stuff that i wasn't able to you know that i didn't write in uh, the, EPs. On the two eps actually yeah. there's there's a couple of songs I know that we're never going to play live, but I have had the chance at one point to do them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really like, you know, being getting a mix of all the new songs that would just be kind of cool to see what, what, what can be done. Uh, I do like a challenge, uh, but well, it's also, you know, don't wear people out. I think, we do have some long songs and, uh, you know, outstowing your welcome as a live act uh, is also pretty key to us. Um, you know, we would, I don't think we would ever do a one and a half hour, uh, not because that we couldn't, but it, it's more like, uh, you know, when people start looking elsewhere or, um, I just really like if we can keep people in a sense or at least in the one mood throughout. And when I see people closing their eyes and are either that or moshing uh, the, you know, I just see people who are kind of engaged. And when I see stuff where people are just like kind of oblivious, you know, you've, you've, you've lost it. Um, so keeping the, uh, the attention uh, and not outstaying your welcome. I think that is one of the main focuses for us when building a setlist. So, do you reckon about the forty-five minutes hour mark is your 
upper limit, do you think, from your point of view? Nah, I, I'd say an hour. Right. Plus. Okay. Like, yeah, an hour, maybe 70 minutes, but that's tops in, in my... That's at least what what I know that, you know, you, you can't wear people that much out. Uh, my my memory this. of this show was uh, that it was really high energy. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it must be uh, very tiring for you guys, but also for the crowd because it is super yeah. high, super positive. Um, yeah. Well, I think we do have instrumental tracks and, and when we have tracks like Diorama as well and, and other tracks that kind of gives that dynamic of, you know, you, you can take more, but, you know, I would never go do, uh, uh, you know, as a hardcore band, do an hour set, like, you know, that has to be 20, 30 minutes tops. Uh, Hate breed style, Jamie Jaster, yeah. get in and out. <laughs> Um, just uh, like a, a couple more questions before we let you go we've uh, taken up yeah. any of your time so thanks um, <clears throat> obviously the album's coming out in what two and a half weeks three weeks is it now something yeah, like that anyway and, and the reviews are obviously starting to trickle in now as a band or individually do you take much notice of the reviews be them or sorry probably more of the bad ones if there are any do you take it to heart or do you sort of like just it's water off a duck's back, so to speak? Well, I do think that we do, uh, you know, we read most of it what we can, but um, I think we've always been quite uh, individual on what we think are is cool and stuff like that. Obviously, we, we're huge music fans as well, and we do consume loads, loads amounts of of, of music uh, I tend to listen to a, a lot uh, and uh, um, always you know you you might relate to the unsatiable uh, thirst for new mu- music mm-hmm. in some sense oh, but yeah. uh, but um, but that's I think you know keeping keeping um, you know what you want to do with the stuff that you've been uh, given. I think that's one of the the main focuses for us. I I do feel that we do have a strong identity in what we what we want to do, and m- much of it comes from Nikolai being a really good songwriter. He uh, we in some sense we do have a democracy doing with stuff with tour and stuff like that. But I really like that there's a hierarchy. In some sense, that I know Nikolai and Ken, they do most of the, uh, you know, uh, the battling, uh, you know, uh, with putting together, you know, songs and how do does it fit a track list? And I get when they're upset with each other and uh, can't figure out which riff to go with, they they bring me in and and then they ask me which one, and I say that one, and then. One says yay, and the other says. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, um, I haven't sat and spoke to you for the past forty-five minutes. Mole, as not just a band, but as a whole unit, like from top to bottom, like you said, business manager to the band to probably the producers, etc., etc. It seems like it is a really close knit and a superbly run unit. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, yeah, it's a team effort. It, it it does it really seems so tight and um, I I think all the success you've had off the back of your and 
I back my house on it that the success of Diorama's gonna be just as, if not bigger. Um, you you fully deserve. So you've got a tour coming up in mm-hmm. February with Ithaca. I know yeah. it's early indoors, but is there anything else in the pipeline post that or? Um, well, I think there are things in the, in the works. I can't disclose anything, but you know we 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 really really count on having a busy twenty twenty two. Superb. Our tangent. Hopefully, they can just go ahead and book us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there anyway. We were uh, sure. supposed to be there this for year, sure. weren't we, Ben? Um, yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, listen, Kim, again, thank you so much for your time and joining us. We really appreciate it. The new album, for those listeners, out the 5th of November. It's mm. on vinyl, apparently. Um, <laughs> you can get it on, uh, I'm sure, all uh, streaming services. But yep. as we always say, like, go to the band, support the band, buy it off the, the physical copies. Um, I'm going to get my vinyl. I'm sure Venny will get a T-shirt or something. But, yeah, and have a talk with us. We we're really uh, sociable people. At least I am. <laughs> Great, there we go. Um, but listen, uh, Kim, all the best for the album uh, release, yeah. which is in two and a half, three weeks. It's from Appreciate our it. point of view is a fantastic album, and um, hopefully we'll get to see you out on the road within the next god knows how long once all this <laughs> blows over um very good willing <laughs> yeah yeah um but again listen thanks for your time benny do you want to say anything before we head off no and i i'd echo what you said thanks for your time but it's great to have like you've said a really unique band such as yourselves who have such a strong identity and a strong voice um and aren't like the rest of the pack so it's great to have guys like you around so appreciate it very good um why you nearly choked on your red wine i I wasn't expecting that um (laughs) closing comment from you i'm I'm usually a bit briefer aren't i sorry no it was was the the way you said it anyway it's the um, spicy bean burger yeah what's doing it he just wants to get out of it now we can get some of it (laughs) um anyway listen thanks again kim uh diorama is out the 5th of november and um We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you.